Welcome entrepreneurs and startups to Art of the Kickstart, the show that every entrepreneur needs to listen to before you launch. I'm your host, Roy Morjan, president and founder of Inventus Partners, the world's only turnkey product launch company. From product development and engineering to omni-channel marketing, we've helped our clients launch thousands of inventions and earn more than $1 billion in sales over the past 20 years. Each week, I interview a startup success story, an inspirational entrepreneur, or a business expert in order to help you take your launch to the next level. This show would not be possible without our main sponsor, Product Hype, the weekly newsletter that goes out and shows you the best inventions that just launched. Make sure to check out ProductHype.co and join the Hype Squad. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Art of the Kickstart. Today I am super stoked because I am speaking with the co-founder of Lumira, Mr. Alan Van Toy. He has created an amazing product that I'm super excited to show with my audience. So without further ado, Alan, thank you so much for joining us today on Art of the Kickstart. My pleasure, Roy. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So I'm really stoked to have you on the show because I think this product is just amazing. And I think the process that you've gone through to get to this point is amazing. So without further ado, give our audience the elevator pitch on your product. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, we're building a future fashion brand called Lumira, and we're building essentially wearable art inspired by the music festival, rave, and Burning Man communities. This Monday, May 1st, we're launching our first flagship product, and they're these LED infinity mirror cat ears. There's, uh, I think it's a lot of light here, so you can't really see the light coming through it, some glare, but you can imagine, um, you know, these are essentially kind of defining a new category of these like high-end festival fashion and uh, wearable accessories, essentially. So this will go live on uh, uh, Monday this week. So I believe uh, we'll be live by the time this podcast is published. And uh, we're super excited to, to be launching it in partnership with you guys. Yeah. Amazing. So, Alan, what what led you into this product and this innovation? Right, this is a really cool accessory for the folks that are going to these shows, and maybe all the other you know opportunities for people to unleash their inner party animal, right, and shine their light on the world, which I love. What led you to you know solving this problem, and has it changed you know over the months or years of coming up with this innovation? Yeah, yeah. Thank you for the question. Um, I can tell my story and my journey into meeting Steve, the artist and engineer who uh, created the first prototypes. Steve has his own story as well, which I can, I can even uh, give some sense of. And then, you know, we connected fall last year. So at Burning Man, August, uh, 2022. Uh, and then I've been working on this for the last six months, but real quick, I'll just give like my story arc over the last few years that led to, to my meeting Steve. Essentially, you know, my background is as an entrepreneur, I've been building software businesses since college. I built and sold three software businesses, got into crypto five years ago, had success in crypto as a contributor to a decentralized exchange ecosystem. And I always loved the work that I was doing there. But in early 2022, early last year, I found that I was disconnected from the mission, the initial purpose that, um, that originally led me to, those, to that work. And especially as the crypto markets turned and tumbled, I found myself super burnt out and again, really disconnected from the purpose and the mission. I basically uh, went on sabbatical at the beginning of last year. I unplugged from from my previous projects and had the luxury of going on a, on a several month sabbatical during which I went back to music festivals and raves. I, I'd gone to my first festival when I was 16 years old 
and I just never stopped. They've always been a big part of my life. I've been going, I've gone to hundreds at this point. And last year, amidst my sabbatical, I focused on my my wellness, my self-development, my, uh, my community, my friends, my family, and then fun and play uh, going out to these festivals and raves. And while doing so, I asked myself what I was actually getting from them. I was bringing inquiry to like, what are the values that these these festivals and raves are bringing into my life. And I labeled them. I identified them as fun, connection, and inspiration. Like that's what I was getting from festivals. And I realized whatever I did next, I really wanted to be associated with bringing more of those values into my community and into the world. And so I I carried that inquiry around for most of the year last year. And I wanted to find something that was, again, fun, bringing fun, connection, and inspiration, but also had real potential as a business and as a brand. And I was asking that question throughout the year until Burning Man last August. And if folks are familiar, Burning Man is just, you know, the granddaddy of festivals, if you can even really call it a festival. It's this week-long, you know, community art experience in the desert outside Reno, Nevada. And some of the most incredible art, music, thinkers, talks, workshops uh, from around the world congregate in this temporary city in, in the desert. And it was at Burning Man where I ran into a guy named Steve who had this incredible 3D printed mushroom LED infinity mirror lantern on a stick, basically a totem. It blew my mind. It was one of the most incredible art pieces that I'd seen that week. And I originally, we traded contact info originally for me just to potentially buy some of this work from him, from his, some of his work off of him. And in talking to him in the, in the weeks after Burning Man, I found that he actually didn't have a business built around it. He was kind of doing one-off commission pieces and just getting by on commission work. And, you know, I, I came to him with the idea. I was like, this, this art is so incredible. We could build something here that really has impact and bring this to more people. And, uh, and he obliged that was October last year. So maybe six months as of this uh, podcast, we just, we picked the cat ears, one of his prototype cat ears as the first product to, to bring to production uh, and bring to the market. And, uh, and yeah, been, have been on that journey for the last five, six months together. Um, he recently moved to Austin where I'm based to be closer to me as we build this together. And, uh, and we're all in and we're super excited about the future. So yeah, that's, that's the journey and the arc that led to, you know, discovering Steve and his work and, and then uh, building this business together. Amazing. So how'd you come up with the, the name for the product? Oh my goodness. Uh, that it took like two months to come up with Lumira essentially. And, um, and it, it's so important, you know, I, I built business tools in the past that were relatively easy for me to name because, you know, I just combined like two words in the related market together. And it was like simple crew, telefuel, crew fire. There's a relatively easy format that, that worked for business tools, but for a consumer product, it was so important to us to have something that was that was sexy, that was catchy and memorable, that was on brand for what we wanted to create in the world, that you could really imagine being like, uh, you know, this is also, we're, we're not just a consumer brand, we're also fashion, right? And we're, we're fashion accessories. So it had to feel like, you know, sexy and attractive in the way that a fashion brand would feel. Uh, oh, and then it had to be available which is a whole nother thing. So for any name that you might think of, you check the US Patent and Trademark Office, USPTO.gov, and you might find that, for example, the name Lumia, which was our first love, had like 16 trademarks out on it, including like Microsoft's phone. So 
can't touch that. And um, so we brainstormed and brainstormed the, the, some of the ingredients that now make up the name, as you can see, Lumen is Latin for light. And then Mira what is um, Spanish for look, to look or to see, and also references mirrors, which are a staple in a lot of Steve's art. And so it took literally over the course of like a month and a half, two months, we just brainstormed hundreds and hundreds of names. We used turds like turds. We used uh, tools like Wordoid or Lean Domain Search. We workshopped it with friends. We had brainstorming sessions and we just, just came up with all sorts of permutations. And eventually um, Lumira jumped out at us. Among, we, we picked top five. We did an Instagram poll to our community and the, and the community voted for Lumira uh, as first. And, uh, and today it feels really, really right. So we're really happy with the outcome there. Absolutely. I love the process there, right? You're already involving the crowd, the community in this process, just with the naming alone. And I think it's just a testament to you as a founder with Steve, kind of really, you know, one, capturing the audience and the community that you've built after years and years of attending these events, but knowing what the consumers are looking for. But this crowdfunding seems like this pure culmination of all of these efforts and building all of this community and trust that you've built and the community that you have to then hopefully come in and fund this campaign once it goes live when this publishes. So I'd love to know some of the things in terms of the, the forward fashion side of things in terms of how the uniqueness of this product, because nobody's ever seen something like this, what are some of those unique elements that you guys have included in the product? And maybe a, just a taste of what you see the future looking like. Yeah, oh my gosh. We could, we could talk about this for hours. It's just such a passionate uh, interest of ours now, now that we're in the space. And the key ingredients that we're bringing together for the cat ears and for, you know, we're looking already ahead to like next year's catalog. There are, I guess I could explain my thinking around building for the festival and rave community like this. There's a lot of creative energy in, in that community, but we haven't seen like category defining large brands being built out of it yet. Not at least in the same way that you might look at the athletic apparel market or the sportswear market. There's, you know, in, in sports and athletics, there's like on the high end, you have like obviously Nike, Adidas, Reebok, 50, 40, 50 billion, I think, in annual revenue. There's insane numbers. Small but then you have this, companies. Small yeah, companies. you know, just, just little startups just just trying to get by. Yeah. And then and then you have this middle market, giant middle market, and you have things like Gymshark doing 500 million a year. A little bit smaller than them, you have things like Noble coming out of the um, coming out of the CrossFit community at like I believe somewhere I don't know, estimates around fifty to seventy five million a year, and then you have like a, a whole con like down market industry of like dozens or hundreds of athleisure and athletic apparel brands that are doing you know eight figure ten ten million twenty five million fifty million in revenue um, like Vitae Apparel and a bunch of others, and we haven't to my to my eyes I haven't seen yet like any any of these iconic brands being built out of the festival and the rave and the burner community. And, and so I, I believe we have an opportunity here to create a, a really a category defining brand. Some of the aspects that make our, our products unique is, you know, being built for nightlife, we're bringing lighting into, into these wearables, things like LEDs, a lot of LED work, obviously for, for our first product here, we have what are called infinity mirrors, which if, People can you know go to our website and take a look at getlumira.com. You can kind of see the effect. It's it's akin to if you're ever at the barber shop and they give you the hand mirror to like you know look at your face and you can kind of see you know down the 
down the reflection of the mirror behind you and you get this infinity effect. It creates this like sort of portal to infinity is really the only way I can describe it. Um, and it turns out that when you combine that with LEDs around the perimeter of the infinity mirror, you really capture something special. Like it's, it, most people have never quite seen anything like this before in a, in a wearable, certainly, let alone, um, you know, there are pieces like home decor or, you know, wall, wall fixtures that, that utilize this technology and this art. And so we're taking, we're taking this, this art and, and, and bringing it into first things like cat ears. Um, and eventually we can bring it into things like bags or backpacks, hats. We can bring LEDs into things like harnesses or holsters that people wear um, commonly at festivals. And yeah, in general, the way that we think about creating uh, what products we want to create, you know, it's, it's where, where are there things that, you know, uh, this, there, there are a lot of, there are a lot of accessories and toys that, that include lights that are, that are being taken to festivals and, and raves, but there's, and a lot of that's been done. We want to do things that have never been done before. And, and, and to a level of, of polish is really what we're looking for. So if you, if you look at, take a look at, you know, what's coming here with these cat ears, like, you know, this, this is a, a, a design prototype. So this is hard plastic, but this is going to be silicone rubber in the production model. You can see, you know, there's going to be a single injection molded piece and it has really the kind of aesthetic and the polish that you might look at a, you know, honestly, like it, it's a cliche, but like an Apple product is a, is a major inspiration for us. Bringing that degree of polish and artistic uh, integrity and artistic uh, talent into the work um, through Steve's vision, I, I can't give enough credit to Steve Galley, my partner. That that I think will set us apart from you know the, the earlier entrants that have that have experimented in this space, but then also bringing like production scale and um, and like a degree of uh, investment in marketing, brand, and distribution that I, I believe will let us create and define a new category. Yeah, speaking of that investment into the brand, the marketing, I know you touched on it earlier in terms of the the naming convention. And again, this has been six months in the making. So for a lot of the hardware founders out there, this is record speed, light speed of you guys being able to go from one prototype to innovation to name to now, you know, getting the campaign ready and getting your community ready to go on day one when this thing launches. So talk a little bit about to our community now kind of some of those steps that you've taken over the last months, last month, whatever it may be, to put the company and put this product in such a good position to make sure that, you know, this thing supersedes all of your goals on the Kickstarter launch that's forthcoming. Yeah. Oh, man. If I had to think about the, the steps, first off, we, we, we already had, when I met Steve, the, the, the first functional prototype already existed. He was creating, and I have... Uh, pairs of this in the other room, but um, you know these three D printed and laser cut prototypes that he did himself. And if you can imagine, they're just these three D printed components that were like hot glued or epoxied onto an Amazon headband. And so they were functional, but in terms of like the design polish and the the final the finalized aesthetic, they weren't quite there yet. So the first thing we did was we found an industrial designer to help create uh, what's called a, a a DFMA uh, ready uh, design, which is a design for manufacturing piece. And this is a, a design that is, it's a 3D model that uh, incorporates all the individual elements. And then a manufacturer can take those and create molds that can be 
Um, no longer, we're not, we wouldn't use 3D printing for, for our production uh, ready model, but work with an uh, overseas manufacturer generally to create injection mold versions so that these can come off the line really, really quickly and consistently and lower cost. Um, and in order to have that, we need like this uh, manufacturing ready design, DFMA. We need to work with a, we, we also wanted to work with a um, electronics manufacturer or electronics designer to design a new control board, what's called a PCB, which is basically a little computer that controls all the logic and light uh, that controls the lights, essentially the logic and the lights in the prototypes we were using off the shelf components. And then for the production version, we create and design a custom PCB so that we can make it smaller uh, exactly to our specs. After we had the PCB and the, the production ready design, we wanted to find a either you can either try and use Alibaba or some other marketplaces to, to connect with an overseas manufacturer. Or in our case, we used a supply chain partner uh, which who we're super happy with. Um, I, uh, they're, they're called Bright Ideas Supply Chain Solutions. I also know that Inventus does also have their manufacturing and supply chain, um, their sourcing uh, di division as well, and, and definitely a great option for people to check out. And uh, and so that's on the product side. You know, the last six months have been going from functional prototype to DFMA, Design for Manufacturing, to working with our um, supply chain partner to get um get uh, source all of these different ingredients together to make the final component and the or the final piece that's on the product side and then on the marketing side there are some things that we wanted to handle in-house like our logo our brand identity our our um, communications our marketing our messaging strategy that all happens in-house but then for our kickstarter you know it occurred to us two things one is there's so much that happens in a kickstarter like, gosh, there's so, yeah, there's just, we could talk more, we'll talk more about that. There's so much that goes into making an effective Kickstarter. And because, you know, like a lot of that, like, you know, we're not going to do that many Kickstarters every year. Like, it's not the kind of thing that we want to build. We necessarily need to like do the research and build all of those capabilities in house. It occurred to us that we want to work with the best in class agency and a best in class service provider who we can partner with to execute those deliverables for the Kickstarter side. We talked to two different agencies and two different kind of like freelance contract service providers. And uh, among those, of course, was Inventus. And just through talking with your, your head of biz dev, Reed Phillips, and, and getting a sense for the, the processes, the case studies, the success that you guys have had uh, on the over, I guess, over 4,000 Kickstarter, pro maybe even over 5,000, sorry, Kickstarter projects you've collaborated with on now. We felt super solid and secure in going with you guys. I believe we signed that deal maybe six, eight weeks ago now, and now we're a week out from launch. We've been super happy with the with with the work that your team has has done. Everything from email marketing, building landing pages, PR, influencer outreach strategy, um, paid traffic, some of the social media marketing, uh, basically everything except for like the messaging. And and we decided to take content in house. And uh, yeah, so uh, that that you know. Working with an expert like you guys on on the Kickstarter management side has been has been such a big win, and uh, I guess and actually that that last phrase just reminded me that the other major aspect of marketing that we decided to do in house was we wanted to do our content in house. Our our products are super visual and they're super unique. There's nothing quite like them, 
And we decided that we wanted to do the photo shoots and video shoots to create the raw content that will eventually, you know, make it onto our website, onto our marketing and onto our advertising and social media and such. So yeah, that's a pretty like high level overview. You know, it's been six months since I met Steve and, and we started off on this thing. I, I'm really happy with like the speed of our progress and still knowing what we know now, there's ways in which we could have shaved, you know, one or even two months off of it and, and, uh, and gotten to market even sooner because we do want to move quickly. But, um, but yeah, overall, like super happy with the progress and, and the speed and tempo with which we're executing. So, yeah. Yeah, you guys are crushing it. So, you know, for our audience's sake, any of those nuggets of wisdom you wish to share in terms of, you know, maybe some of the, the hurdles that took a little bit longer to get over or some of the things from a marketing standpoint that moved the needle faster than you thought? Yeah, let's think. Hmm. On, I think, I, I think on the marketing side, by and large, very happy with our speed of execution. The manufacturing side is one where, you know, this is my first time and Steve's first time bringing a physical product to market. And we're not, you know, this is not off the shelf stuff. We're not doing like drop shipping. We're not private labeling existing products that we're finding at like, you know, on Alibaba or at the Canton Fair or anything. Like we're creating something from scratch here. So, so there was a lot of unknown unknowns for us. And one thing that struck us was like, it didn't occur to us like how long it takes to actually source all these individualized components, bring them together, manufacture them, put them on a, put them into a uh, shipping container or onto a pallet and then have it shipped. Like that total turnaround from the time that we even finish the design for manufacturing portion and then go into the production of our first molds. So from that moment to getting product landed in a warehouse, like I was hoping it would take like four months or so, more like eight months or nine months, right? Like, and that's like, if everything goes right. And so when I first heard that, and it, you know, I realized we're, we're going to miss, we're going to miss this summer season in terms of shipping, which, you know, given how much of our audience is like, you know, festivals and raves that happen really, really bloom over the summer. I, I was a little bit disappointed about that at first. I came to peace with that. And I was like, screw it. If it takes eight months, if we ship in October, November, like, you know, this is a business that we're going to be doing for a decade, you know, like it, you can't, you know, there's no need to rush like your calling and your Dharma ultimately. And, and in the meantime, there's so much we can do. So the business, it's not like the business isn't gaining momentum during that time. Like we will be able to, to continue to grow market and knowing what we know now, having learned that lesson, if anything that we want to be ready for next summer season, we need to get in flight now. Exactly. Um, and uh, so that was a big lesson that we learned. Another, I think, I think some of the, some of the other things that I think we could have been faster with were we, we we went to Upwork to find our, our industrial designer and our PCB designer. And we're ultimately happy with where we've arrived, but, but there, you know, sometimes, you know, especially when you work with like overseas contractors and freelancers, it, they don't necessarily have the same sense of urgency and timelines that, that you might have either in-house or, or working with like higher level contractors and service providers. So, you know, they say that there's like a trifecta, you can either, or like a, a triangle dilemma where it's like, you can either have things done fast or inexpensive or, or good. Yeah. And it's like, pick two. Good. Yeah, fast people are good. And you pick like pick two, maybe, you know, like, and, uh, and so we went with like good and inexpensive, 
but our timeline for delivery ended up, you know, I think we've added, I think, I think we could have shav- shaven anywhere from six to eight weeks off of our timeline if, if we had gone for higher cost or domestic um, service providers. And so th- those were some of the learnings that, that we've had over the last few months. Nice. So I'm really interested to hear your take on what role you see your hardware product and or hardware products in general shaping the future of fashion. Hmm. I love that question. I we're really excited about two things. One is I I think that we're we're building products that are I'm careful to say they're not for the the rave and festival community, but they are inspired by the festival and rave community. So things like the cat ears, obviously they fit very much in a rave or festival context. But we have friends wearing them to birthday parties, bachelorette parties. They could easily be, you know, worn to a high school dance or a middle school. Well, my like, my daughters want to wear them. They're like, Daddy, I can't wait to wear the cat ears. It's going to look amazing. So, yeah. <laughs> and, and so we can take that things that are inspired by by festivals and raves and, and, then, and then package them in products. And this is an important, you know, we could do anything for our next year's catalog for 2024. but we want to be very intentional about picking things that are, that will have a broader appeal than just the festival and rave community. And so we're really attracted to bringing lighting into clothing and bringing plastics and bringing other interesting materials. So for example, like, um, you know, laser cut and laser engraved plastics using things like mirror films or actual mirrors to create interesting effects that, are a bit more they're more unique they're more attention grabbing than more than other um than just normal normal clothing and apparel and the ultimate effect is you know festivals raves and burning man what make these containers unique among many other things among several other things they're unique in in that people come to them there's a really high value on self-expression and on expressing yourself through unique like uh, unique, bright, colorful, glowing, shining, shimmering, you name it, like clothing that like sets you apart from the crowd. It's, it's admittedly, it's not for everybody. Like these, if you wear these, you get a little bit, you know, they they bring a, a particular energy into the container and they stand out and they bring a bit of attention and not everybody necessarily wants that attention. Some people just, you know, want to be more subdued in their style and their aesthetic. Some people don't necessarily, you know, want to have that, um, that, that conversation starter and they'd rather just, you know, just kind of be in their own experience. And that's great. But for us, like we we're excited about the opportunity to bring, to use these technologies like, like lighting, like advanced manufacturing techniques and materials like plastics and acrylics and, and, uh, synthetic, uh, like rubbers and, and polymers, and then electronics like PCBs and batteries to create really attention-grabbing, unique pieces that um, that really help you stand out from the crowd. Well, I can't wait to see this thing come to life. With this, Alan, we're going to jump into the amazingly fast rapid-fire round where I'm going to shoot some questions your way. You good to go? Let's do it. Yeah. All right. So what ultimately inspired you to be an entrepreneur? Mm, um freedom and personal growth and other entrepreneurs that have gone before me and shared their stories and and made it seem possible. Yeah. Speaking of other entrepreneurs, if you could meet with any entrepreneur throughout history, 
who would you uh, want to go to a party with? Want to go to a party with? Ooh, man. Oh, man. That's a, that's a good one. Who would I want to go to a party with? There's, um, honestly, probably there's a, there's a guy named Pasquale Rotella. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Actually, don't quote me on that. Probably wrong, actually. Uh, but he's the founder and CEO of Insomniac Events, and they host uh, Electric Daisy Carnival and many of the biggest music festivals and raves in the United States. And you can tell from his from his work and that and his events and experiences how much he genuinely cares about the experience and it's not about the money uh even though they are massively successful they really care about the experience and the attendee and um and it really shines through through his through the experiences that he designs and, and that's a major inspiration for us amazing what would be your first question for him i'm very curious about how we can raise the vibration and particularly like things like health, wellness, self-development in that community. I think not only do I like to have fun and party and go to raves and do all the things associated with raves, but also health and wellness and self-development are a big part of my life. And that's something that I think a lot of the festival and rave community does not really have that much intention around. And uh, so one of the intentions I, I have around Lumira is like, if, if we can not only bring fun and connection and inspiration into that community and into the world, but also through our products, our messaging and our leadership, if we can also, you know, just bring a little bit more intention and focus to like self-development and wellness um, and, and, and see if, if, um, if there's other allies in that mission, like, like maybe Insomniac would be open to, to that kind of conversation. Amazing. Any uh, books you'd recommend to other startup founders? Ooh, depending on the, the, the stage uh, and the development, hmm, 80-20 sales and marketing uh, four hour work week and rich dad, poor dad for those that are like right early at the very early onset. Yeah. The four hour work week and rich dad, poor dad were the two that like gave me the initial roadmap. Nice. What would you say are the top three skills that you think every entrepreneur needs to be successful? Top three skills. So first would be resourcefulness, resourcefulness. And also I'd include creativity in there. So resourcefulness and creativity, uh, grit and determination. And then I'd package in one thing like like sales slash influence, uh, like psychology, like understanding the psychology of influence slash marketing, like everything will come down to like, you know, from 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 recruiting to leadership to sales and marketing, like all of it will come down to like understanding and being able to enroll people into your vision. Amazing. Last question, Alan, you're doing amazing. And I know your campaign is about to launch, but very interested to hear your take on what does the future of crowdfunding look like? Future of crowdfunding. So this is my first time crowdfunding, but I do have some thoughts around two things. One, one is, um, one is like, uh, increase, probably, uh, an increase in, in, um, what's called reg D, uh, equity crowdfunding. A lot of the crowdfunding that happens on platforms like Kickstarter, Indiegogo are just pre-sales of product, but not too long ago, uh, the, you know, us regulators opened up for with equity crowdfunding so that startups like us can actually raise and sell equity in the company to potential, you know, everyday mom and pop, uh, main street investors. Um, so I think, you know, that's, that's been live for several years now, I think, you, you know, I'm sure, you know, but I think, I think there'll probably be more of that. And, uh, another, the other thing I'd, I'd imagine is I, I do think that there's probably some disconnect. I've talked to other, uh, I, I know of other projects where like they, they just never shipped product or just, you know, they, they under, they under budgeted and all of a sudden they're losing money on, on product. And so maybe some 
yep. um, increasing scrutiny from the community for founders and projects that are better bets, clearer on, down their execution path, and um, maybe increasing scrutiny uh, over time over like, are they actually going to ship in time the product that I ordered? Amazing. Well, hopefully those things get solved soon, but I'm, uh, yeah. I'm with you there. Alan, this yeah. has been amazing. This is uh, your final opportunity to give our audience your pitch, tell people what you're all about, where people should go, and why they should check out Lumira. Awesome. Yeah. Th- I, you know, the, the thing that I, I love to communicate about what we're building here is that is this, like, we feel really strongly connected with our mission to genuinely bring more fun, connection, and inspiration into the world. The way that I explain it is, you know, there's so much to genuinely be skeptical or cynical about in the world today. And all that work to do is still there. But if we approach it from a place of optimism and positivity, um, which are things that we can get from having more fun and connection and inspiration in our lives, it just, it just makes, you know, that journey so much more worthwhile and so much better and so much stronger. So, um, so we feel super strongly about our mission to bring to bring that positivity in the world through our products and our messaging and our leadership, as I've said before. If you want to support us and check us out, you can go to kickstarter.com and search for LED Infinity Mirror Cat Ears or Lumira, L-U-M-I-R-A. And then, or, or go to our website, getlumira.com and there'll be a link to the Kickstarter there. The last thing I'd say is you can follow us on social media. We're on Instagram as um, at getlumira. So uh, yeah, check us out there and we'll see you there. Amazing. Alan, thanks so much for joining us. Audience, thanks again for tuning in. Make sure to visit the website, artofthekickstart.com for the notes, transcript, links over to the campaign and all the other fun stuff we talked about today. And of course, big shout out to our crowdfunding podcast sponsor over at Product Hype, the top newsletter for new products that just launched. Alan, thank you again for joining us today on Art of the Kickstart. Thank you for having me, Roy. Thank you for tuning into another amazing episode of Art of the Kickstart, the show about building a better business, life, and world with crowdfunding. If you've enjoyed today's episode as much as I did, make sure to show us some love, you know, by rating us and reviewing us on your favorite listening station, whatever that may be. Your review really helps other founders and startups find us so they can improve their craft and achieve greater success like you. And of course, be sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for all the previous episodes. And if you need any help, make sure to send me an email at info at I'd be glad to help you out. Thanks again for tuning in. I'll see you next week.